All right, can we please turn to James 1, James chapter 1. James 1, and we'll read verses 2 through 4, and then verse 12 as well. All right, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then jump down to verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now this message could be a heavy hitter and make emotions rise, but isn't that the point? Aren't we looking for God to convict us and therefore prompting change, which in turn will allow us to serve him better and grow in faith? My job here is to convey a message that God has directed me towards. The only growth that can happen today is between you and God. Today I would like us to look at the topic of lasting faith. Just over a month ago, James brought a message about the disciples' faith being tested on the troubled sea, which prompted me to think of the idea for this message. I want to take what James and the Lord started back then and look deeper into this topic, digging deeper into a more personal level of what our faith should look like. I'll relate back to some examples given and throw in a few new ones, including the seemingly obvious example of Job. Let's first open in prayer to start us. Dear Lord, thank you again that we can be in your house. Thank you for those that could make it today. Pray that as we look through your word, pray that you would make your message clear to everyone here. Use me, allow me to speak clearly and get the message across correctly, Lord. And of course, work in our lives that we may be faithful servants and just following, trusting you each and every day. And we just pray this in your name. Amen. Alright, so from our main passage in James, the key word we will be looking at lies in verse 3. It's the word trying. Trying or testing, in this case, relates to being in a situation where you do not know what the outcome will be, where you are required to make a decision. However, this is an irregular situation. We need to add the next few words of the verse to be completely clear. It is the trying of your faith. So to be clear, we are looking at trials in our lives which are testing our faith in God. Now we can be 100% certain that these tests have come from God, and straight away we need to know that they are 100% for our good. We can see this evidence straight from the Bible. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 10.13. Corinthians 10.13. So, 1 Corinthians 10.13, and we read, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with a temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Here we see Paul stating that God will not suffer you 
to be tempted above what you are able, adding to this fact that he will always make a way to escape trials. So let's now talk about limits. As we just saw from 1 Corinthians 10.13, God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. God knows us so deeply that he knows our limits and how much we can take in relation to trials. Well, we'll have a look at the example of disciples on the boat during the story of the troubled sea. So that's in Luke 8, so we'll have a look at that. Luke 8, 22. So this is what James's message was on with the disciples. So Luke 8, 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water, and were in jeopardy. And they came to him, and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water, and they obey him. The Bible lists four of these disciples as being fishermen before they were called to follow Jesus. These men would have been through these types of storms before and seen them similarly many times before. How this storm was just enough to test the limits of their faith and enabling Jesus a moment to teach them. God knew exactly how much to test their faith so that he could use these events as a growing experience. Jesus on the ship simply said, where is your faith? Or we can see in a parallel passage of Matthew 8, 23 to 27, verse 26 says, Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? Jesus is reinforcing that faith is critical to our everyday Christian walk. We need faith. We need to be able to fully put our trust in God. However, just as Jesus knew no harm was going to come to the disciples in the ship, God always looks out for the best for us and knows what we need in our life. The simple fact is that we all have a limit in what we can endure. Now, we must remember that this limit is different for everyone and different points in their lives. It's going to be different and areas will be harder or easier for different people. But we each area, each area will have its limit. So back in our main passage, James 1, James 1 verse 12, we can see a discussion about temptation and how when a man is tried and endures temptation, he is blessed and will be rewarded. So that reads, Blessed is a, is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. This serves as both an encouragement and a warning. We cannot use trials as an excuse to give up. Alright, so now we should probably get a deeper understanding of what faith is. God has thankfully made our understanding of faith possible 
by giving us a definition in the Bible. Let's turn to Hebrews 11 and have a look at it. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is having the mindset of trust, that something will be achieved or attained, and that reliance has been fully placed on God. This trust must continue while things are not clear, and we cannot see that if things will work out. Our faith in God is evidenced by our belief that God will bring something to pass. In fact, the hope that we have in God is nothing like the world's wish for thinking, in that something is likely to happen. That's in complete opposition to what it should be. Our trust in God is a confident expectation that something will certainly happen. So now that we have linked trials, faith, and trust, let's see what Job says about trust. We'll head to Job 13 and see what he says there. Job 13, 5. Oh, sorry. Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Here we have some dialogue from Job, who is talking to his friends about God stating that even if God were to end Job's life, he would continue to trust him. This is after so much that has happened to him. His family and possessions taken away. His health and life are in shambles. God knows that God, sorry, Job knows that God has full control over death and his life are in his hands. We can read, if we were to turn to Deuteronomy 32, uh, verse 39 reads, See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill, and I make alive, I wound, and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. God is speaking here and explains how he has full control over the life of everyone. We are completely in his hands, as is the timing of our death. We need to aim to have this level of faith. God had even commended Job on earlier when speaking to Satan. Now that's definitely that something that we should try to achieve. Now that we've covered this important topic or aspect of faith, and seen that our goal is to live by faith, let's step back and see how we're meant to get there. I would like to consider two overarching questions to consider how we are to live by faith. The first, looking at whether faith is something we should instantly attain, or whether it's a process and we slowly grow in faith. But first, a situation to consider. Just recently I had someone ask me the following question. Would I be content if I were to live in a tent? I'm not talking about camping in a tent for a few days or a few weeks. I mean living your entire life in a tent. Just take a moment and think about it for a while. Let it sink in what it really means. Even trying to imagine it, you may not be able to grasp what it would mean, unless you've actually lived through it before. I can't speak for everyone, but my honest answer was no. Right now, you may be taking aim at me and saying, really? I doubt many people have actually been in that sort of 
financial situation or circumstance where they've had to live in a tent in recent times. Meanwhile, I've heard tons of stories from previous generations or my parents where they've actually had to live in a tent or caravan for extended periods. Anyways, back to taking aim at me. Yes, that's an issue and I need to grow in faith and contentment with whatever situation the Lord leads me into. However, that doesn't just apply to myself. Everyone needs to trust God, no matter what he leads us into. Now let's switch gears and see what the Bible has to say about this matter. For this, let's turn to Philippians 4. Philippians 4, and we will read verse 11. Philippians 4.11 Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Here again we have Paul writing, stating that he has learned in whatsoever state he is to be content. The mindset of contentment runs directly in line with what we have been talking about, a person's trust in God. However, I believe the critical point here is that Paul is stating that he has learned. He hasn't just instantly become content in whatever state he finds himself in. He has learned. So then, how do we grow in faith? Moving on. So how do we grow in faith or increase our endurance for the trials that Jesus or God sends us into? Again, just as God has given us the definition of faith in the Bible, he has told us exactly how to do this. Let's turn to Romans 10. Romans 10 and verse 17 has the answer for us. Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There it is. Faith comes by hearing, and specific, specifically speaking about the Word of God, which is the Bible. We need to be in God's Word regularly if we want any chance of gaining faith or trusting God. The Bible is loaded with passages that talk about this. Let's quickly jump through a bunch of them. These are also encouraging and are wonderful verses to keep in mind. I'll recap each one as we go through them. So the first one is John 16.33. John 16.33 is, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. God knows that we will have tribulation in this world. It's a fallen world, but we can have comfort that God has overcome the world. It's through this that we can have peace and rely on God to keep us secure and safe. Again, looking at the first half of the verse, um, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Jesus is saying that he has specifically spoken these things that we might have peace. God really wants us to have peace and live peacefully. And next one is Romans 5, 3 to 4. Uh, it will be wrong up on the screen, but it's just verse 3 and 4. Romans 5, 
Romans 5, 3 and 4. But not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. Here's a reminder that we must be looking at tribulations in the right light. They are good for us. They help work our patience, which brings experience, and soon after that follows an increased ability to hope. Hope is often referred to as the most important emotion for mankind. Even speaking in a worldly manner, hope is critical to so many aspects of our life. It can affect our health and well-being like nothing else. We need to have hope in our Father above and know that whatever tribulation we meet, He will be with us, securing us throughout it. The next one is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And that reads, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Here's another important reminder. Only God's grace has allowed us to be saved. It's a gift from God. We in ourselves could do nothing to redeem our sins. It's entirely through Christ that we have been forgiven. Yet the only way that we can receive this gift is through faith. Knowing all the truths about God and that who He is and coming to an understanding that He doesn't want us to perish, but that we would come to repentance. We won't turn there, but Second Peter 3.9 continues that thought. Uh, next one is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is quite a famous, famous one and one of my favorite verses. So, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust. We've looked at that today. We must trust God with everything and not attempt to make our own decisions by way of our incomplete understanding. Throughout all of our life and every decision, we must acknowledge him and he will in turn lead us in the right choice or direction. Only through trusting God will he be able to use us to our full potential. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 is our last one. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Here the Bible states that without faith it is impossible for us to please God. Following on and stating that we must seek God, however, for doing this we receive a promise. God will reward those faithful followers. So in finishing up, we'll head back through our message and we'll have a look at a few questions. Just take a moment and think about them. Question one, are you seeking to grow in faith? Are you reading your Bible every day? Are you praying to him? Are you asking him about your problems? Are you asking for forgiveness? Are you seeking God? Are you looking to him, wanting him to help you in decisions of your life? Do you have faith in God? Are you trusting God with everything? Are you relying on him, seeking him again, 
and just trusting him with everything. If you were to live in a tent, are you going to be content with that? Do you trust God? Are you trusting God to know your limits whenever he sends you through trials? Whether it's living in the tent, are you going to be complaining, arguing, blaming God for that? Or are you going to be slowly learning to trust him and growing in faith? Do you know that God is faithful? Are you trusting God to never tempt you above what you are able? The Bible said it in 1 Corinthians, he will never tempt us above what we are able. Do you trust him in that? And our last question, how long-lasting is your faith? Are you always trusting God for every moment, every day, every moment? Are you trusting Him when you're old, when you're young? Are you just giving everything to Him? In a closing, encouraging thought, let's turn to Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Here we have it. The Bible asks us and tells us to trust Jesus and God with everything. And then we have the Bible say why. And that God will supply everything we need. It's told to us again and again in the Bible. But are we trusting God?